From architecture to painting and sculpture, literature to live music and theater, Radio 111 presents Bonnie G and Brian Mendoza with The Desert Scene, your connection to culture and entertainment in the desert cities. Here's Bonnie and Brian. And welcome to The Desert Scene. I'm Bonnie G here with my producer, Brian Mendoza, who keeps things running very smoothly. And we're really happy to welcome to the show today, Linda Kay, also known as Linda Kay Parker. She's going to be doing a show at CV Rep on Thursday, July 21st, 7 p.m. Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Bonnie? Good. I am. was just looking at your bio. My goodness, you are really, you've done so many different things in your life. It's it's fabulous. I'm not sure where to start. So, um, uh, first of all, you are from uh, Texas originally, but I see, right. I see that um, you, uh, let's see, where, where am I find? You, you, should, you had a legal education and then went to work as an undercover uh, cover FBI agent. Uh, tell me about I, the I did befo- not go to work. Let me just, let me just uh, um, clarify that just a little okay. bit. So, yes, I, I did think that I was going to be a lawyer. And um, I graduated from, you know, undergrad with a degree in political science and theater. And then, um, and then I went on to law school and graduated with a degree uh, in in law. Yeah. Uh, my jur- I got my juris doctorate. Mm-hmm. And as I was in law school, I was debating about the different career choices that I was interested in taking on. Mm-hmm. And um, I either wanted to work uh, at the district attorney's office, or I wanted to work. And the FBI um, as an undercover agent. And one of the reasons that I liked the idea of going undercover is because I have this ability to morph my look depending mm. on my hair, my costume, my mm-hmm. makeup. I can, I can completely transform my look. But I did meet with the FBI and, um, you know, to find out some more information and everything. What I realized after that is I'm just not that serious. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so the, go ahead. So, so then, so had you thought about music before that? Had music already been, always been a part of your life bef- even before that? It had always been a part of my life. You know, in my family, we always had music around the house. My father played guitar. My brother played guitar. And I was the one who would always sing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, my, my mother said that I sang before I talked and I danced before I walked. Mm. And so I, I really feel like I just had it in my system, you know, growing up. And um, my, uh, my, first, <laughs> my first entertaining entertainment experience was I did a version, uh, an interpretive dance to Terry Jack's Seasons in the Sun. Really? I was okay. Three years old. Oh my gosh! And you, and uh, I, so I did it in my neighbor's garage. Mm-hmm. I invited the neighborhood, but the only people that came were my mother and the lady <laughs> who lived in the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, yes, in the line, uh, "Goodbye, my friends. It's hard to die." Yeah, I died. Uh, of as course. Three year old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So drama was always in me. (laughs) And then, um, but music, you know, I was always in church choir and choirs in school and things like that. 
but it wasn't until I moved to Los Angeles Mm-hmm. thinking I was going to pursue a career in acting when an opportunity for music came my way. And should I tell you that? Yes, about please. That, yes, yes. So um, so what happened was I was in Los Angeles. I, came, I moved out here in 1997. Uh, a couple of acting opportunities came my way, and so it was time to uproot from Texas. I was living in Austin at the time. And come out here, and so... I did an audition for a musical theater uh, play that mm-hmm. was going to be happening in, I believe it was Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I came into this space and uh, it was a big, large rehearsal hall with a piano player and a long table with um, producers, at casting directors, mm-hmm. director, yeah. you name it. And they were all do- holding court for this audition so Mm -hmm. I came in and I sang my contralto version of some somewhere Mm. from the musical West Side Mm -hmm. Story okay and I get finished with the piece and nobody says a word they're all silent and I thought oh my goodness they hated it yeah yeah (laughs) what am I gonna okay so when are they gonna dismiss me so Mm -hmm. I can walk away with my tail between my yeah yeah I've I've had that feeling I know yeah absolutely and so um so anyway after this silence then all of a sudden the lady who was in the center of this table who was clearly guiding the ship said I'm so sorry, you are completely wrong for this role, but your voice is incredible. Would you mind singing us another song? Mm. And I was like, what? Wow. Because all my years of auditioning, I've never been asked to waste more of their time. (laughs) (laughs) if I was wrong for the role. And um, so I I came and I said, okay, sure, I'll Mm -hmm. do another song. And uh, the another song that I just had with me was Bessie Smith's Give Me a Pig Foot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So I did. I did a rousing rendition of that one mm-hmm. and got cheers and then they thanked me and I left. And mm-hmm. that was a signal to me, a sign mm-hmm. that I said, out of, you know, I've never been embraced so much by my talent that they wanted me to express the, it to them more, even mm-hmm. though um, I wasn't right for this part. Yeah. And so I, I took I took that moment and I took it to heart and I went to my acting teacher and I told her I was leaving mm-hmm. my class and that I was taking a, uh, taking some time now to focus on music. Mm-hmm. And she told me it was, she yelled at me and told me it was the worst decision I've ever made in my life yeah. and I was going to regret it mm-hmm. and I've never regretted mm-hmm. it and I've never looked back. It was the best decision I ever made and it's how I found my path for passion and life yeah what a great story and then i see i'm reading in your bio and so that evolved into a three-year residency at the atlas supper club with a six-piece band requiring costume changes um and so and so your country did you focus have you always focused a little bit more on country because you're from texas 
You know, it's funny. I didn't focus on country at all when I first started my career because at this point I was living in Los Angeles and the sense that I got was they're not really interested as much mm-hmm. in, um, you know, the country set. They're interested in something a little different. And um, and so I was still finding my finding my sound and finding my path and what I what I, what appealed to me early on were body blues songs. Mm, okay. I liked the idea of doing body blues because they were they they uh, tapped into my uh, sense of humor, mm-hmm. um, and they also I could I could sing them a little bit like a musical where they would have some uh, little acting a little acting involved. Yes, songs. yes, uh huh. Yes, and so that was my that was my first choice. Then once I started digging into these body blues, they were from the 30s. And the 30s, of course, was the Depression era. But there were really two lines of music that were happening not simultaneously. They were happening simultaneously, but not together. And one was body blues, and the other one was country music. And country music was very dirty, too, back then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They had a lot of graphic lyrics as well. So what I started doing was incorporating both types of music. So basically, it was my way for um, to have like a little political nod to the past of incorporating forms of music from white culture and African-American culture and putting them in one show. Mm -hmm. And so it was... uh, um, it it was fine for a moment, but I could tell that the country stuff was not exactly where most people's sensibilities were uh-huh. at, for at this particular club. So I started doing, I started writing music. Mm. I started writing music with another um, artist, and uh, he and I started creating material that was more like my own version of musical theater with each little vignette like two songs per character Mm. so i was trying to lean upon my uh my acting roots more and created a more of a cabaret show where i would change costumes like six to eight times a show wow that's a lot yeah it was and it was all different kinds of music you name it and um, and some of it was kind of mixtures of types of music. And uh, like I had a country song that had a little like rap in it. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, I really was just experimenting well beyond my comfort zone to try to find a path for myself. And, um, and I have a really moving story um, at this moment in my life. I was, so I moved out to Los Angeles with this friend of mine named Sarah, and she and I were kind of like Lucy and Ethel, Mm -hmm. trying to have our own little comedy bit as a thing together. And when she moved out here, she discovered she had a debilitating illness that was actually going to um, eventually cause, they hasten the end of her life. Oh, um and it was really sad because um, I did not realize how sick she was because she kind of hid it from me. Mm-hmm. And what she said is she said, you know, 
I'm not, she was like, I'm going through some health stuff, you know, figuring it out. But why don't you come over and let me help you shape your show? Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay. So, you know, so I would go over there and I realized she had um, uh, breathing issues. Mm-hmm. And they progressively got bad very quickly. And um, so one of the last things she said to me before um, she left this earth was, just stop doing all this other kind of music and just do what feels right to you. People want to know you, mm-hmm. not all these characters. Mm. So just be yourself and okay. find yourself in these songs. And I bet you'll find more success like that. And it was honestly the best advice I ever got. And I really took it to heart. And, um, and I just, I think of her before I do every show and show my gratitude because she really, helps me find my path and I always think of her so it's a really moving moment in my life yeah absolutely so let's talk about the show on the 21st Um, Groove with Linda she sings your favorite standards with the 60s and 70s vibes so tell us about how you put this show together so this particular show um, during the pandemic I had a vision board where I was creating a number of different uh, set list for different types of music from the 60s and 70s that I wanted to learn and perform. And um, so from this vision list, I learned a bunch of tunes that I had never committed to memory before. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually debuting many of them at this concert at the CV Rep on July 21st. I've been um, so what I wanted to do was take the biggest songs that I know and love big mm-hmm. as far as, as you know, breadth and the, and their style right? and put and find the ones that aren't done as much anymore, but that people all still really love and appreciate. Mm-hmm. And so that's the material that I put together for this show. And it involves everything from Frank Sinatra to Burt Backrack to Hoagie Carmichael. Wow. <laughs> to, yeah, so it really runs the gamut. Judy Garland, Karen Carpenter, um, all my favorites, and all the greats. Excellent. And it's Phil Parla, Parla Piano? Is that his name? Parla That's, Piano? Yes. On the piano. Phil Parla Piano. He was, mm-hmm, and he's, for a long time, he's played with Rod Stewart and several other uh, major artists, but I was really fortunate that I got him to be able to play with me this show. So I'm really excited about so, that. So it's you, just you and piano, that no other instruments? No, that's no. what the series okay. is all about. Okay, pa- it's fabulous. A, it's a grand piano. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm looking at a couple quotes real quick. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, who I know you did a duet with, says she's like Dusty Springfield, Patsy Cline, and Roy Orbison all rolled up into one. That's a, that's high praise. That's a nice thing for someone I to say. S- <laughs> Incredible, <laughs> and I have to. I would be remiss if I did not mention. Uh, before your show is at seven p.m. Thursday, uh, July twenty-first. Before your show, from five to seven, they're having a vintage car show in front of the theater, in front of the CV Rep Theater. So I wanted to mention that too. And you can get tickets at cvrep.org. Well, Linda, so I mean, I could, we could do an hour with you because I'm just so, so much stuff on your bio. It's just amazing. So nice to meet you and um, have a great show. Have you been to Palm Springs before? Have you performed here before? Real quick before we go. I have performed there before, but but this time is the uh, it's the first time I've ever performed in this particular format with just yeah. me and a piano player. Yeah. Well, I think you're and- you're 
fascinating and the, you, the, the, the variety of artists that you're doing I think is wonderful Break a Lay thank you so very much for, for being with us today really really appreciate it I thank you so much have a beautiful weekend you too alright and we'll talk to you guys next time on the Desert Scene